It is Rosh Chodesh Elul Tavshin Pei Beis, the very first of the month of Elul, 5782, here at the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. We're here at Inyana Diyomi. We'll be looking at the daf from this past Shabbos, which was also Rosh Chodesh Elul, the 30th of the month of Menachem Mav. And here on our daf, we find a Yamim Noroyim connection with very interesting applications with regards to a piyot that we recite on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in our machzor, the piyot of Lakel Orech Din. These implications appear in the Gemara in Ksubis and Daphne and Beis, that's 52 in Ksubis, in a Rashi, which we will see shortly. What does the piyot of Lakel Orech Din have to do with our daf? Well, our daf had been discussing what happens when a widow becomes a widow, when she loses her husband, what funds are available to support this widow? For example, if she were to get sick. And the Gemara rules in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel that with regards to a treatment that has a kitzvah, a fixed cost, meaning there's a very particular amount, so that support comes from only what's left in her ksuba, in the marriage contract. Whereas, if there is no kitzvah, if there's no fixed cost to the thing that she needs, then that's considered like sustenance and considered like mizonos, and that could be provided by the funds which are inherited by the orphans. So that's what the Gemara discusses at that point. With that in mind, the Gemara discusses the case of, of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan explained that Rabbi Yochanan, when it came to bloodletting in Eretz Yisrael, that was considered like something that has no kitzvah, and therefore that would be supported by the by, by the mizonos of the orphans, not from the marriage contract. Then the Gemara continues, So what happened? The relatives of Rabbi Yochanan, they had to take care of, of, of the wife of their father, the widow, who required treatment every single day, which... Um, would amount to very high medical expenses, which sounds like something that has no kitzvah, and it sounds like something that would be provided by the orphans, not by the marriage contract. Also, the Kamei Jabi Yochanan, these relatives came to Jabi Yochanan, and they said to him, um, So they, they asked what, they, what should be done, and he said, Go and try to find a, and fix a lump sum with the doctor. In other words, try to see if maybe there is some kind of cost which can be defined for this treatment, and then therefore it would only come from the marriage contract, and it would not come from the orphans' mizonos, that which they're being supported by. So then Rabbi Yochanan reflected, Am Rabbi Yochanan, We have made ourselves like orche hadayonim. So we'll have to try to define those words, orche hadayonim, but for now, We'll just say that the words Orche Hadayana mean arrangers of the courts or arrangers of the judges. And the Gemara goes from there to explain what Rabbi Yochanan's concern was. Was it really a concern? Did he do the wrong thing? Did he do the right thing? But if you take a look at these words Orche Hadayana, they should ring a bell as they appeared also in Pirkeavos. That's the first time we find the words Orche Hadayana, where in the Mishnah Navos, in Perak Aleph Mishnah Ches, the Mishnah tells us not to be like Orche Hadayonim. In this vein, in our piyot of Lakel Orech Din, which literally means that God is the one who arranges judgment, the words Kel Orech Din sound a lot like the words Orche Hadayonim. And we know that Hashem is the single Dayan or the judge of the universe, but something to think about is what exactly does it mean that He is an Orech Din, an arranger of judgment? 
And I think the answer to that question can be found on our Gemara, and it can be found in that mission in Perkiavos, where once again Yehuda ben Tabai he cautions one not to make oneself ke'orcha literally like arrangers of judges. Again, what do these words mean? If you look among the Mefarshim, we find a few suggestions. Among them, Rav Avadi Bartanura and Rabbeinu Yona, they point out on the Mishnah and Avos, it's simply that Orchadayanim is just another fancy way to refer to the judges. In other words, the Mishnah is discouraging one from volunteering to serve as a judge to resolve lawsuits, especially when there are other available candidates who are more qualified than he is. And according to this read, the tefillah of Lekel Orechdin is simply recognizing Hashem as the only true Dayan. It's certainly an appropriate message to internalize during the Yemei Hadin. However, these Mepharshim, if you look at Rashi and Nardaf as well, they both suggest another explanation. The term Orechei Dayanim refers to some other individual, not a Dayan, but in the Lashon of Rashi, Rashi explains as follows. When Rabbi Yochanan says we've made ourselves like Orchei Hadayanim, Ohev Echad Mibaleidinim, one who loves one of the Baleidinim, in other words, one who is partial to one of the Baleidinim, Umat Imzchuyos of Ladayan, someone who tries to lean and try to find an out for the merit of one of the litigants over the other. And he arranges the lawsuit, the litigation for the judges, in other words, before them, Lizakoso, in, uh, in order to give merit to that one litigant, so Mikri Orche Hadayanim, that's someone who's called an Orche They try to convince the judges, to sway the judges in the merit of this particular litigant. So in other words, what are they explaining? And if you look at the Ravabadi, Mibartanur, and the Vena Yonah, and Avos, they say a very similar explanation. So in other words, Orchadanim does not necessarily have to refer to a judge, but it could refer to individuals who insert themselves into a lawsuit to arrange and present the legal arguments for a particular litigant in that partial manner, like lawyers or legal advisors. And as for this interpretation, the Mishnah is apparently arguing that it is inappropriate for one to needlessly mix in with a dispute between others, even if one's intentions are perhaps to offer his expert advice or what have you. But if this is true, it would seem that our Piyot refers to Hashem not merely as a judge, but as our legal consultant. Think about it. In this vein, when, when rendering the words, if you take a look, the art scroll master prefers the following translation. To God who prepares man for judgment. This suggests that, in fact, Hashem does not merely sit in judgment during the Yom Noroyim like a human judge. Rather, Hashem, at the same time, is also acting as our very own legal advisor, partially favoring us, preparing us for judgment, arranging our own legal case for us, teaching us how to do tshuva before we stand before him in judgment. Indeed, Chazal described how Hashem did precisely that when he not only taught Moshe Rabbeinu the formula of the Yod Gimel Arachmim, but he even donned the talus, as it were, and demonstrated the recitation of that formula, walking Moshe Rabbeinu through the steps to tshuva on our behalf. This is simply unheard of in any other court of law. And this peel can serve as a, just another reminder that Hashem is not like Basar Vadam. As Hashem is the judge of the universe, who is bochen lavavos biyom din, examining the hearts on the day of judgment, and he's gola amukos badin, uncovering the deepest secrets in judgment, all the while he serves as our benevolent orech din, our legal advisor, our defense attorney, preparing us for the very case. If Hashem is laying out the case for us, providing us a cheat sheet, we had better do ourselves a favor and probably study his legal advice thoroughly. And when we do, Be'ezras Hashem, we should do so with tremendous humility 
an appreciation of the fact that not only is our king also our father, but our judge is also our lawyer. If you enjoyed this year and others like it and you want to partner up with us here, with the sponsorship, or if questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for frequent updates and links for every uploaded share, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. But until next time, stay tuned and stay attuned to the incredible Inyana Diomi.